Small Farm Nation is sponsored by Farmers Web, software for your farm. Farmers Web helps farms inform buyers of available product, handle orders, simplify customer interactions, and reduce the administrative load. So check them out at farmersweb.com. Whether you're selling vegetables, pastured meats, or raw milk and cheese, one thing's for sure, you got to keep your product refrigerated. Hey, it's Tim Young of SmallFarmNation.com. Today, you'll hear the story of how the CoolBot was created and how farmers use it to store and transport their perishable products. Joining me today is John Berger, VP, Sales and Marketing of Store It Cold. Now, you may or may not have heard of Store It Cold, but I bet you've heard of their product, which is CoolBot. John, welcome to Small Farm Nation. Thank you so much, Tim. Honor to be here. Appreciate it. Hey, John, let's just start high level. We're going to go all through CoolBot and how it's used and everything else, but let's start at the high level and drill down. What is the fundamental problem that CoolBot attempts to solve? Yeah, great question. And, it, you know, it's kind of transformed over the years. But if you go back to when the CoolBot invented, it was really just affordable cold storage, right? And that that meaning uh, specifically starting with the agriculture, the small farmer, the homesteader, um, you know, sustainable living was just getting affordable cold storage. So uh, initially, uh, a, a great and wise gentleman named Ron Kosla had just was tinkering around and said, God, I can't afford even a used traditional walk-in cooler. And I can't have all these vegetables that I'm breaking my back, pulling out of the ground, going bad on me. I've got to find a way to preserve them. Um, and he really just through ingenuity and, and necessity being the mother of invention came up with the cool bot and, and an air conditioner and gosh, you know, 60,000 units later, here we are with all kinds of great stuff happening. And, and finally and answering that question of how do I keep things from going bad without my, my bank account going bad. Right. Right. And, and, and Ron was, well, he was farming, I guess it sounds like. So what kind of farm did he have and what was his background? Yeah, Ron, Ron was operating on a, you know, community supported agriculture farm in upstate New York. Uh, and his background had always been in engineering and tinkering and um, just, you know, really enjoyed just the, the outdoors and trying to find ways to do things more efficiently. Um, and he was on his uh, farm in upstate New York and, and again ran into this problem and said, gosh, I can't do this and called a buddy from Cornell University who was an engineer. And a few weeks later, the CoolBot was born out of tinkering with an air conditioner and saying, hey, the, the power is in this thing to keep things a little bit colder. We've just got to find a smarter way to do it. So, uh, you know, after that, Ron just was... You, you know, hours and hours in the garage, as he would say, and finally the CoolBot was born, and his, his background of being a tinker and a farmer kind of came into this juxtaposition of inventing the CoolBot, and, and there he was. And, and after that, a few friends wanted it, you know, and then a few more friends wanted it, and then somebody said, hey, if you can keep your vegetables cold, you can keep your beer cold and your flowers cold, and, and before he knew it, he had a business. Huh. And so Ron was a, farm, was a market gardener or farming vegetables? Yeah, small farm. Yeah, just uh, just community support agriculture was what, what you would call a small farm, you know, just several acres and then taking it to local markets, you know, within 10 to 15 miles, kind of that first phase of the farm to table movement uh, and sustainable living and just trying to make a go at it. Everything from squash to, uh, you know, grains and just doing it himself and a small business, which he thought was just going to be more of a, you know, a lifestyle choice and, and, and backed right into, into having a product that everybody wanted a piece of. So, you know, I think most of my listeners are familiar with CoolBot, or at least they've heard about it. But let's, let's, let's talk for a second to the people out there who've never heard of CoolBot. You know, and, and just, what I describe in layman's terms is what it does is it basically tricks an air conditioner that, hey, it's not really as, as cold as you think it is, so keep running until uh, it hits a certain temperature. But maybe you can describe it better, or maybe that's right. But how would you describe to, uh, let's say, my mother uh, what a CoolBot <laughs> actually does? I love your line about, you know, not knowing what a cool bot is because that was about my first job interview, right? I was like, what the heck is this? I kind of, you know, it was like, this is impossible, you know? And I think the first reaction is, no, listen, I've been in a hotel room. I've seen a window air conditioner that go down to 60. It doesn't work. And that really prompts the explanation of how it does, which is quite simple. And Ron, to his genius, figured out that the limitation of an air conditioner going colder than 60 was that air conditioner itself, it would start to freeze up. So what the CoolBot does is it literally, as you stated, tricks the air conditioner into thinking it's warmer than it is, so it will blow colder and colder air, 
And on the other end of that, it, it overrides the air conditioner freezing up through a fin sensor. So it kind of alternates back and forth between blowing colder increments of air and then backing off when it starts to sense that, sense that frost or any kind of trouble with the air conditioner. So comparable to like an alternating current or playing, we, we, call, we refer to it as the cold air tennis where the ball's going back and forth. The CoolBot tricks the air conditioner, gets it to shoot shorter blasts of colder air, and then backing off when it hears any or feels any kind of freezing or any kind of frost on the sensors of the air conditioner. So the air conditioner, believe it or not, once you eliminate that limitation, can blow down into the low 30s, which it does with the CoolBot. The amazing thing is there's no hardwiring. I mean, I'm not a bright guy, and I've hooked up hundreds of them, so it's actually quite easy. But in essence, you're right. It just tricks the air conditioner and, and keeps it from doing what its, you know, its inherent flaw was, which is developing frost. And before you know it, if you've got insulation and a cool button and air conditioner, you can, you can have it pretty darn chilly in a room of, of, uh, of your choice. So when Ron was back market gardening and he was growing vegetables and he's looking for a way of uh, post-harvest uh, to cool the vegetables uh, and to keep them, and he, and he came across this method, did he then um, just get some traditional walk-in cooler that didn't have a compressor and put an air conditioner in there, or did he build a room, or how did that part get done, the, uh, the actual facility itself? Yeah, initially, I think what he did was found some uh, just some refurbished insulation, which you can find uh, as long as it's, you know, uh, not hazardous or it's, uh, you know, doesn't have asbestos or something. And I think he lined a room and he just kind of, you know, uh, an existing structure is just as great. And he uh, put the insulation up and got the right size air conditioner, got the cool bot, and he had one going. And then I think a few weeks later, he did come across a used uh, cooler, a mono construction cooler where the compressor had gone bad. And at that point, they're available for pennies on the dollar. It was just kind of a big structure, you know, an eight by eight room that had existing insulation. And he said, hey, I'm going to cut a hole in the side and try this thing with a cool bot. And then he said, wow, that's even easier because the insulation on those things is usually good forever. So he had two or three prototypes going right away. One was one that he had insulated an existing room. The second was where he had found a structure, like you said, where the compressor was bad, got it for next to nothing, and retrofitted with a cool bot and an air conditioner and got them both fired up. And then he thought he was he was big king, right? Because he was storing twice the inventory and delivering twice as much, could grow twice as much, not have to worry about post-harvest loss. Hmm. So let's let's kind of fast forward to where you guys are today because you mentioned that you've got like 60,000 installations out there. I mean, it's really a remarkable story. I think you guys were founded like in 2000 six or something. Uh, so that's like in a 13 year period. Where, where are, not geographically where, but in terms of uh, industries, where are most of your installations? Are they in the market farming side or are they somewhere else? Or what do you, where do you see most of your customers come from? Yeah. So traditionally an agricultural company. And I think that had been just pretty much a bulk of the business, right? It was just the bread and butter of the company. There would be an odd cooler here, there used for something different. And I think the further that the company spread from Ron's initial network, which was the agricultural and farming community, you know, cold storage is cold storage. And if you don't need to freeze something, the cool bot's always a great alternative for cost advantages and just the ability to, you know, get yourself something together with much less expense and less long going maintenance. So what had happened, um, God, just really over the last five or six years is industries that are not at the level of agriculture, but are actually growing faster, uh, floral, uh, dairy, meat and uh, hunting and meat processing. Um, believe it or not, mortuaries is one of our fastest growing businesses. And I don't want to be a downer, but again, it's a, you know, a growing need for affordable cold storage. We've actually seen some government testing. So there's all these areas where, you know, the cool bots just kind of starting to really gain traction. You know, I think in, in, in fairness, we'll always be an agricultural company. That's our bones. And, you know, the DNA of the company started there and, you know, Let's face it, the United States is just a huge agricultural engine, as is parts of Canada. So about 80 to 90 percent of our business is in North America and will always be that way. But when you look at year over year growth, you look at the floral industry and you look at the, the, the wine and beverage industry and breweries and, and, and dairy and those things, they're just growing at a faster pace. I don't know if they ever catch up in aggregate, but still uh, an agricultural company, but exciting to see every year we see a new use for the cool bot. And in fact, overseas, we're starting to see it 
in areas such as uh, vaccine preservation where the, re you know, the regulations aren't as strict. And that's great because from a humanitarian perspective, it's nice to see affordable cold storage do something great beyond what it was initially designed to do. And nobody's happier about that than we are, especially Ron, right? So who's mm -hmm. just a, you know, a great guy and a great, you know, he's just got a philanthropic nature to him. So, uh, you know, it's the job is changing rapidly for me, but the, the, the product itself is just finding ways into new vessels. So it's been interesting, certainly a fun ride and keeping us busy. Well, I think I'm on my, I'm not six. I think I'm on my seventh cool bot installation personally that I've done, you know, for my farm slash or homestead one way or the other. And I've, I've created, you know, large cooler for storing eggs. I've created multiple cheese caves. Um, and I've also created a mobile uh, transport unit that she, that she could use for uh, hauling vegetables or meat to a farmer's market or anything. Uh, I kept it at um, 38 degrees, and I used it for transporting milk. But um, are you are you seeing a lot on the dairy side? I mentioned cheese caves and transporting milk and those kind of things. Are you seeing a lot of uh, those applications? Absolutely, and and you know. One of the things about dairy that we really love is it's kind of in that wine spectrum to where you don't have to do as much um, from a construction perspective, right? You obviously want to have a good structure and good insulation, but quite often you don't need to be in the low 30s. So folks who are doing those kinds of builds are really having a good time because it's a little bit easier on, on the actual you know, engineering and putting it together. So we see a ton of dairy, uh, a ton of, you know, just the cheese enthusiasts. And I'm always trying to weasel my way into some free samples, you know, if they're close <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's like, hey, you know, everyone always say, hey, uh, John, why are you always the first one to call the wine and the cheese, you know, component people they always anyone who's doing anything with alcohol or cheese you always call first i'm like oh just it's by chance trust me yeah. um so, and ideally yeah. call them at the same time <laughs> yeah so and our clients are so enthusiastic right they always if they've done something if something's being done in the cool bot they're always sharing we just got a case of sauerkraut at the office the other day which everybody was happy about and certainly not a problem but mm -hmm. definitely to the dairy component we're seeing larger and more refined um and more specific uses where folks are using the CoolBot because you know that people say dairy, they don't realize what a complex multi-level, how many products, how many different types of cheeses there are out there. And, and on the egg side as well, those farms really need to have that affordable cold storage where they can be in and out quickly. So mm. we're, it's one of our fastest growing industries. I would say it's in the top three between it's, it's floral and cheese or kind of neck and neck for who's going to have bigger growth year over year, but it is affordable. And, and like I said, cheese and wine, because you can be in the forties and fifties and, and, and put it together pretty quickly in the cool bond, the AC, and you can really do quite a bit fairly quickly. So it's been, it's been interesting and, Certainly, I would say, you know, by 2020, we see that as one of our top two or three overall, not just in growth. So we'll come back to applications in a second, but I want to touch on something that you just said. You, you made the comment that your clients are so enthusiastic. And I, I think I've observed that as well as it relates to CoolBots. People really um, become champions of that. And of course, I mean, since I've had seven, like I said, installations with you guys, I've had a lot of experience with your service, which is outstanding. So what I'm wondering is from a marketing point of view and from a, um, I guess, a marketing strategy point of view, John, or a business strategy, what do you guys do for your customers to uh, f facilitate them becoming cheerleaders or to enable them becoming cheerleaders or to help them? Because I think that's something that many, uh, you know, many farmers could benefit from doing the same thing. Sure. That's a great question. And and it's actually the reason I actually took the job, believe it or not. And not like I had a ton of opportunities, believe me, but it was uh, uh, just so completely uh, enamored with the customer base being more the raving fan than the actual consumer. Um, because it's it, it, when CoolBot started, I think these, you know, it was kind of like the little engines that could. It was the small farmers, the small dairy producers, people that couldn't afford these larger kind of traditional components. So when they find something that's like, oh my God, it's not a scene on TV, this really works. I think the level of enthusiasm from social media, the stories we hear that pour out, uh, it just really draws everyone to, you know, that world-class service in real world time is kind of something we talk about a lot. And we'll ask our customers just to talk about us. Our social media presence is huge. We're still a small company. We don't do a ton of like overt advertising. We, we you know, we try to be present, but we really like to make our customer 
case face forward to other customers and people like yourself saying I've had seven cool bots and you know I've had a great luck or you know the occasional traditional uh, HVAC guy who says that thing's not going to work and then plugs it in and says oh my gosh this really works you know for customers who can't afford to fix their traditional coolers or their systems I've plugged it in and they become raving fans and I think that's been our key to success now it does you know we're not Coca-Cola we'd love to be and have a, a billion dollar marketing budget but I think the company was founded on that service, and I don't think that 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 composition of service affordability uh, and just using our customers to find our new customers and make them happy. And then there's this wealth of knowledge that comes along with that, because as you know, Tim, if you've built seven, uh, I don't think there were any two that were even close to the same. Everyone had its own inherent uniqueness, and every Coolbot build becomes a case study. So we try to build that library and make sure that no matter who calls, we have somebody or something that can help them. And in a specific case that's pertinent to what they're doing, you know, sometimes it's dairy. And, you know, just last year we had a couple of folks, believe it or not, who uh, have a MS, which is a debilitating disease and horrible. And they, uh, one of the, one of the horrible byproducts of that disease is that you have a real hard time sleeping unless you can stay cool. And we had a few people who had read a customer review said, Hey, I got this thing called the cool bot and I put it in my room with an air conditioner and I'm sleeping great. And this is just such a relief. And we were like, Oh gosh, we had never never seen something like that coming, right? But from a customer perspective and just finding a new use and having someone tell the story, I, I think that does a lot in the way of just marketing and sharing our enthusiasm mm-hmm. and finding new customers and more importantly, keeping our, our our existing customers happy. Yeah, and I know you've mentioned a few times that, you know, the the way this your whole company started was Ron was looking for, you know, I can't afford a walk-in cooler. How do I get this done more mm-hmm. cheaply? And a lot of people mention cost. You know, when I started with CoolBot, um, cost was an issue for sure, but it wasn't the acquisition cost for me, John, that was the issue. I mean, uh, you know, because you could buy, you know, you could find used walk-in coolers. My problem was as a farm, I was located, you know, at least an hour and 15 minutes away from any kind of person who could repair Mm -hmm. a, you know, compressor on a walk-in cooler. And so, you know, I don't know why it happens this way, but invariably it happens where it goes down on a weekend or, you know, or my walk-in cooler goes down on a holiday or it's July 4th, sure. of course, or whatever. And I've got to pay a fortune to get the people out there. And I, and I, and I came to the conclusion, I said, buy a cool bot, put a, an inexpensive air conditioner in there to keep your eggs cool. And worst case scenario, you're in, you're in a bad situation and thing goes down, you can't get a repair, you know, run down the street, buy another air conditioner and you're back in business. Yeah, great point. And, 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 you know, being the sales guy, <laughs> that's certainly something that comes up quite often. I'm, uh, you know, I, I often look at the customer size of their air conditioner and, you know, believe it or not, for whatever reason, I can tell you the average customer builds a, a cooler that's usually in the eight by eight range, right? It's eight right. foot by eight foot by eight foot tall. And that's a 15,000 BTU unit um, that we would recommend in most cases with the right insulation and not to get too technical, but you know, that unit, depending on where you buy it. And there's many air conditioners that are compatible. We go out of our way to test and find air conditioners that are work. We recommend LG, but there's dozens that will work. So, you know, just in that price range, that air conditioner could be anywhere from four to $600. And what I hear from customers all the time is I just had to have a technician out. I waited three days. So my inventory was bad at the time and I spent four or $500 on the repair bill you know, and so it's like, well, you're either back and forth to Home Depot and up and running in a couple hours or you wait on the technician. And I don't know why that is. We see that a lot, especially in small businesses who are calling us. It's, you know, it is it is certainly a benefit. I don't think that was part of the initial strategy, but it does help. And it's an advantage of the CoolBot system is what they call TTR mm-hmm. or time to repair in the cold storage industry is it's not comparing strictly cost to replace or repair. It's how long are you waiting and what inventory loss there is in the meantime, because even if it's the same, you know, you're trading a bill for a brand new air conditioner, which you could put in yourself, you know, it's what goes bad and what's that inventory worth and the peace of mind. And I'm, I'm like you, if something inherently goes bad on the Saturday or the day I'm getting ready to leave for vacation, something breaks in the house. I don't know why that is. My wife thinks it's funny. I don't know why, but it's, it's just the way it is. So well, she's a, she, she likes to see you suffer, John. She, yeah. She's like, how fast? can you fix a toilet? You know, it's like, it's like a, the stopwatch, I can hear it in the background, but no, inevitably that is part of the case. And, um, you know, we certainly don't consider ourselves a replacement for traditional cold storage. We're just part of the cold chain and, and work with a lot of folks on the traditional side. But, you know, if that's a concern and you are running a small business, it's, 
cost is an issue, but being down is crippling. I mean, it literally stops you in your tracks, right? So a good point. And thanks for mentioning that. We often fail to mention that ourselves, but it is an advantage and something that we try to be available on weekends for support as well, uh, especially because folks are running back and forth and getting parts and what do I do? And I need to have this up and running. And um, we have emergency on call those just for those kinds of situations. Hmm. By the way, if when your spouse asks you how fast can you fix the toilet, the, the right answer is how fast can you fix the toilet? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> so we do, we just keep going back yeah. and forth with that. <laughs> yeah, understood. I'll, I'll try that. And then the spare room is ready at your house for me, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, no, 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 but I have a, I have a cheesecake with a cool bot, which is kind of like a morgue. So you don't want to stay well, in talk. Yeah, right. No pun intended. Talk about coming home, right? Yeah, right, right. Hey, Small Farm Nation, want to know how I kept my pastured eggs and farmstead cheese cool? With CoolBots, of course, just like over 55,000 other farmers, florists, hunters, cheesemakers, and brewers. I even used a CoolBot to build a refrigerated trailer to deliver raw milk. And the new CoolBot Pro is Wi-Fi enabled, so now you can monitor temps and get critical alerts right on your smartphone. Hey, and as a Small Farm Nation fan, you can get $20 off yours. Just go to smallfarmnation.com slash CoolBot. You mentioned insulation for a second ago, so let's, let's talk about construction, whether it's a fixed well, I guess most of most of the applications will be fixed facilities versus mobile facilities. But either way, you know, you got to have you know the structure built and the right insulation. So I'm wondering what kind of tips you have for people who are interested in setting up their own walk-in cooler with a cool bot. Yeah, great question. And there's so much information on our website, you know, at www.storecold.com. And we've actually made that even much better over the last few years. So even someone like myself could put a cooler together. But, you know, most people think it's about having the engine and it really starts with insulation, right? It's really the most important component. Everyone says the cool bot, the air conditioner. I'm like, it's easy. I've hooked them up in five minutes. It's not a problem. You need to make sure that the the structure is solvent, whether it's a trailer and we've done mobile um, applications as well or a room. But if you're starting with a, you know, that sample eight by eight room, you want to make sure that is the ceiling insulated, is the floor insulated? And then answering yourself, how cold do I want it to be? And we always tell folks, look, if you're R25, which is, you know, the insulation value of a pretty solvent uh, thermodynamic barrier, if you're R25 or better, you're going to be in great shape. If you start with that, your cooler will be efficient. Uh, it'll help you size the air conditioner properly. Um, and the cool bot will, you know, energy efficiently operate that room in no matter what temperature you want to be. So I always say start with the, the insulation and go from there. And there's things to avoid in any cooler. You want to avoid moisture. So stay away from the bat fiberglass insulation. Use rigid board uh, or even a spray foam, something that's moisture resistant. You can put a barrier over that. But start with insulation and know how big your room is and don't forget the floor and don't forget the ceiling. If you do all that, you really can't go wrong from there. Everything else is is just sizing the air conditioner from there and it's pretty, that's the fun part of the job is just making sure you're insulated. Yeah, except for when you're building a cheese cave, it's the opposite. You want moisture. You need 90%, 95% humidity. Yes, exactly. But you want it within the structure and not coming in from, you know, uh, moisture to get into the yeah. insulation. Yeah, but no right. agreed. And we have a lot of that. And and that's a great that's a great segue, if I could, for a minute, is that we have a lot of folks who want a ton of moisture, specifically um, uh, dairy and people like yourselves who have, a, you know, certain uh, – blends of cheese and dairy products that need that moisture, in which case you would, there's workarounds from our engineers adjusting fan speed or adding humidifiers, Uh, tropical foliage, believe it or not. We have a lot of folks who will do birds of paradise and they need to keep them semi-cool in certain environments, but also need that extra moisture. So we have workarounds for that. And conversely, folks who are aging meat, they want it a lot drier. So we're uh, saying, you know, add a dehumidifier, increase your fan speed, maybe add an extra air conditioner on the other side that's a little bit smaller to just kind of increase airflow. So, you know, just because you're cooling your room, it doesn't mean that the, the enthalpatic properties of the room or the moisture or the airflow, they're all going to be the same. The great news is with 60,000 units out there, chances are one of our engineers has run into it and we have a workaround. So it's a good point because, you know, the, the dairy enthusiast and the meat enthusiast are both using cool bots and air conditioners. And from the interior components and environments of those coolers, radically different, but still being done with a cool bot and an air conditioner, but you have totally different needs, right? Based on what you just said. So I appreciate right. you bringing that up because that's a, that's actually a really important point is that we see varying requirements. We've had, um, 
a few government testing coolers that they wanted it extra, like right at the verge of freezing consistently to where there was ice forming and we kind of had to engineer around that and it was fun and we got it done. So we don't want to do that to your cheese, but we've done it. So. Yeah. Speaking of cheese and you just mentioned fan speed a second ago in the context of if somebody's got meat, maybe they could increase fan speed to dry it up more. But that was really one of the other reasons why I started going down the cool bot path. I originally did one with just eggs, but when I, when I built my cheese caves, I used to have a couple of 28 foot long cheese caves that were um, walk-in coolers. And they had on, on each end of that 28 foot long cheese cave was those large compressors with those three big fans. Mm-hmm. It's, that's real problematic in a cheese world because that's going to blow, it's going to move a lot of air and it dries out your cheeses. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I really liked about going to the CoolBot solution, because I don't need to really work the air conditioner that much, I only have to keep the temperature at about 54 degrees. So it's not that much work on the AC. And therefore, it's not blowing all the time because I have it insulated well. So therefore, I'm not drying out my cheeses. And that was a huge selling point for me when I built that large uh that large cheese cave yeah great point and you know it's funny because <laughs> we've seen so much of that where you know like i would say 20 percent of our calls are more around the you know the unique components of the build whether it's dairy or like i said meat processing or even wine and um you know these things have just been it's an evolving kind of industry, right? The first cool bots were like kind of looked like a VCR and it was just enough to blow cold and all just through the process of evolution, we found all these workarounds or shortcuts and, you know, coolers that are outside, which we have a lot are great in the summer. But if you're in North Dakota, you still need to cool inside, but keep everything from freezing. So we had to come up with a workaround for that kind of a situation. So there's many, and, um, you know, believe it or not, the, the two fan speed components, favorites are uh, dairy and again the floral because high fan speed and too much airflow is the worst thing for for flowers in the world it destroys the petals even if the temperature's right so and the same for for the dairy components so i appreciate you bringing that up hmm. uh, so most of the applications that we've talked about you know produce cheese uh eggs um meat, you know, flowers, um, funeral homes, most of these are commercial businesses. I mean, but there's applications too, you know, on the, I guess the individual side. I mean, there are people mm-hmm. that are using it uh, to build coolers to um, hang deer meat or to do on farm or homestead processing. What about, uh, you know, home brewing or that kind of thing? Are you seeing any interest in that area for your product? Yeah, tons. Home brewing has is, is become huge. As, and, and that's a good point. I appreciate that is there's so many just people who either in their garage or in a closet. I've seen cheese caves and, you know, uh, unused closets and home brewing in the garage, uh, just by the thousands, really. And even floral, some folks are now, you know, because the retail floral business has gone away, folks are moving to their garages and then just delivering. So uh, we see a lot of that. And, and quite frankly, it's been... Um, you know, a majority of our customers, I would still classify them as enthusiasts versus actual business owners, although the small business is still very fast and growing. And, and I think the CoolBot has a lot of runway there. It's, it's still, you know, that small farmer or that homebrew enthusiast or someone who just wants to do a cheese cave or, or even a wine cellar at home, which in a closet with a CoolBot is actually very doable. You have, you know, you have a small space, you need a small air conditioner, very minor insulation, uh, and it's cold and dark and, and all those things working for it. So, you know, I, I still think we're the, you know, more the fan and supporter of the enthusiast than the business. And that's not a resistance to, you know, to being commercial or, or growing the company rapidly. But I always see that the biggest component of our of our customer base being people who are probably defined more as people who are passionate and, and hobby driven, and, uh, specifically on the homebrew side. I mean, there's been some of our other partners where you can find the cool bot really just kind of work in that business like a more flavor who is one of the biggest online suppliers of everything from grain and yeast to taps you know they they want to carry the cool bot and, and carry that forward to their customer base and um, as well so i think that's that's a big indicator of the, the amount of folks who are just doing it at home or in their spare time and, and that's great right that's great the cool right. bot can enable pretty much anybody to say if i want to make cheese or i want to make wine or do beer or, or turn my garage into a meat hanging because i can't you know i don't want to go to a processor right away it's great yeah, I, I pretty much do everything um, at home that you're talking about, other than the uh, the funeral home. I don't have any plans. To do that. <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at that application. But you, you talked about using a cool bot for a 
a, um, a, a wine room. And I, I could see that making perfect sense. But what about, you know, in the fermentation process for, you know, mead making or home brewing or whatever, do you see people using the CoolBot to create fermentation rooms? Yeah, actually, we do quite a bit. And, and part of the reason they do is, is one, the affordability, and then just sometimes, especially with like a lagering process or in the brewing process, you really need to get super cold. Uh, and they will try that in the refrigerator, and it's just not enough space. So your next step up and those kinds of uh, those, those, those enthusiasms are really you just need a little bit bigger space and the cool bot enables them to do that. So there are some things that can be done in a refrigerator, like uh, the fermentation process, the lagering process, uh, you know, meat process. But if you've ever tried working inside a refrigerator, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. a good way to bang your head and, so, and, and just can't get a lot done. So when you go from this tiny little hobby and you're looking around, you're going, well, look, the next step up is this huge cooler, or I could build a six by six in my garage or do something to where I could actually stand up inside and work around. And we always tell folks, look, if you can't stand up inside, whatever you're working in, it's, it's, you know, just not, not to scale. You're not able to do it right to the level you want. So uh, we see a lot of, we always joke about the little migration of, you know, the meat and the wine and the cheese walking out of the refrigerator down the hallway, like, like in a little cartoon line and getting into a closet where there's a cool bot and air conditioner. And they've right. arrived to the next level. Well, yeah, you know, in my next application for the Coolbot, what I'm what I'm actually doing right now is a lot of people who, you know, embark on this homesteading self-sufficiency type, type lifestyle. One of the first things that they get enamored with is I want to build a root cellar. You know, I want to, you know, dig into the side of the hill or whatever. And then it becomes like this big problem to do it. It's very expensive. And I said, shoot, I'm just going to replicate my cheese cave, you know, uh, and that's just for a few hundred bucks and then put, make that a root cellar. And that's where I'm going to store my potatoes and all my root vegetables. And it's a great solution for that too. I don't, but I haven't seen that marketed on your site. I don't know if other people are doing that or not. We do see quite a bit, and, and where we do see that a lot is in the Northeast where there's basements um, because they, it's kind of like halfway to a root cellar and it's an easy conversion. Uh, but we do see uh, a lot of, especially we're seeing a lot of urban farming and they're trying to, um, I won't say trying, they are replicating that. It's just a little bit different. You'll see folks say they have a root cellar and we get their address and it's, you know, unit 26 at an address in New York City. And we're like, what are you doing? You know, and it's just about, they, they think it's about being underground and it's not. It's about just finding the dark um, you know, finding the dark enclosure, finding the right space, the right, uh, the right environmental components, and, and they're doing that. So we are seeing that more and more, and that's kind of a derivative of the urban farming component. Uh, but at the same time, we see a lot of traditional root cellars where folks are just going into either their basement or maybe there had been a shelter dug out back for, um, believe it or not, we see a lot of like tornado shelters that are, have been dug out. Or um, I've actually had a few folks old fallout shelters from the fifties that their parents had dug out, but they're, you know, they're enclosed and safe and they're using cool bots and venting and, and converting them. And it's actually pretty fun and interesting. Talk about making use of a tough space, but we do have a few folks. Um, I just had one of the other day in Oklahoma city. It's in the garage. It's a sliding metal door and there's an eight by eight case down a uh, room down there and they're converting it to a root cellar and using a cool bot and an air conditioner. And, you know, there's still enough room to go down there in case of emergency. So you know, talk about making good use of your space and, and what you have available to you. But absolutely. And we, we love that stuff, right? Because it's, it can be misleading. What, what made sense 30, 40 years ago, it can, the definitions totally change with new technologies and new applications and enthusiasm. So we love to see that stuff. So you gave some good tips on, you know, construction of the, uh, the, the, the cooler, the facility itself. And I, like I said, I've done a number of these, but believe it or not, John, there's a lot of people out there that just don't want to do it themselves. I mean, they like going and being able to buy something like, you know, a, a walk-in cooler where it's all done for them or whatever. So what about those people? I mean, do you only sell, you know, the CoolBot controller or do you have a solution for people who are looking for a turnkey solution? Yeah, it's a great question. And thank you. We, we late, really 2018 rolled out a turnkey cooler solution and kind of the most common sizes based on what folks were telling us they were building. And that actually, it, Tim, it wasn't a moneymaker. It wasn't a great marketing idea. I'd love to take credit for it, but we did a customer survey of about 20,000 people who responded and 20% uh, of that 20,000 came back and said, love CoolBot, right? i from cheese caves to this, I love it. But if I ever have to go to Home Depot again, Burger, I'm going to kill you. 
<laughs> so we said we better come up with something. And really the difference in cost from a traditional cooler that you would buy at a restaurant supplier or a walk-in cooler manufacturer, uh, the difference is really the engine, right? It's the big compressor on top. So um, our CEO, Brian Murphy, brilliant guy, uh, worked really, really hard and made sure that we had the right components in place. And you can actually buy now a turnkey solution in one of you know four or five sizes that are common. Uh, and it's still do-it-yourself. It's a camlock assembly, so it goes together in a couple hours. The difference is, is the brain and the muscle or the cool bot and the air conditioner are just different. So because of that, it's the same advantages of something you'd build yourself much quicker time um and it's also that you know they're really shiny and metal and then again you can take them apart and move them if you need to and there's a 10-year warranty on the panels which are r29 roughly meaning the insulation's even overkill on if you we were to recommend you building it yourself so they're flexible there's a warranty it is a little bit more expensive but the convenience factor and the ability to move those coolers and not run back and forth or lose time to the constructions quite frankly some of our customers really really enjoy that uh, that aspect now some of our customers are just DIY and will never change and we still love them and they're still the majority of our business and so we're there to work with them. But yeah, the turnkey coolers, um, the one downside is they've been much more popular than we thought. So it, it, it's good from a business perspective, but that's why half the time when someone needs one, they have to hear from the VP of sales because we got, we got so many people calling in. I have, they have to deal with me. I've got to take my turn in the rotation, but, but folks love them and they've been a huge success. And again, still powered by the, you know, the, the old reliable cool bot and, and the air conditioner. Yeah, I could see why they're, you know, being more popular than you might have expected. It's not that people are lazy, but when you're talking to the agricultural community, we ain't got no time, John. So that if we can, yeah. if we can buy something that's already done for us, I mean, then that's, uh, that's a great selling point. Now, are your turnkey coolers uh, only for fixed applications or do you have mobile trailer solutions too? We aren't building uh, mobile trailers in mass, but we do. Uh, we did do one, a sponsored build with uh, uh, an author named David Draper, who's very popular in the Outdoorsman channel. And we actually carry a manual as well as a how-to video. There's several ways to go about doing it, but again, our engineers can can always be available for a phone call and sold. We're happy to talk, even if it's for hours on doing it. But anybody who's interested in building a trailer, we can send you an A to Z video and, and a how-to guide that's pretty encompassing. And, you know, there's some different levels of how to do it. Or, you know, do you just want to cool it while you're stationary? Do you want to cool it while you're driving? But again, we're, we're fluid pros and all that and happy to take that on. And we are seeing a pretty big pretty big movement on the mobile side as well. A lot of folks, you know, converting old horse trailers, old ice cream trucks, you'd be surprised at what we see, but it's certainly very doable. Now, I was really intrigued earlier when you said that you're seeing a lot of growth in the, uh, in the morgues and the funeral home space. But beyond that, what's the most bizarre or most creative use of a cool bot that you've seen? I, I think, you know, to my point earlier is that some folks who have, you know, unfortunately debilitating health issues have used the cool bot for, for comfort issues and being able to rest. Um, we've, <laughs> we've seen a fewer people have rode in and built, um, you know, if they're in a, a Tucson or, or a Phoenix area, like they send us these pictures, these they're, I want to say they're dog houses, but they're more like dog resorts. Uh, they're using cool bots for you know their animals. Um, we see a lot of folks using it for just livestock for shows, keeping them cool. So uh, I think there's been some interesting components that way, which are you know make you feel good from a human perspective, but also oh god, we didn't think about that. And then I think you know internationally in developing economies, you'll see the cool bots like I said that are you know, outside of the U.S. regulation, it's okay to protect a vaccine and you're talking about literally saving lives. So those kinds of stories which come in from all over the globe, right? The cool bots have been sold in 70 countries and just thank you so much. You know, this, you know, remote village will be receiving a, va you know, a vaccine or, or mm -hmm. some medicines that were able to be preserved based on a cool bot and an air conditioner where there's virtually no power grid or no other cooling perspectives has been, you know, extremely rewarding. So I think from a, you know, a feel good perspective there on the other, on the other side, I, like I said, that uh, the, the dog hotels are <laughs> pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, you know, and I'm, you never wanted to be a dog so bad. You know, I don't know if it was the, the air conditioning system or the furniture that I saw inside this thing that made me feel like I was doing something wrong, but certainly uh, interesting. And, and, you know, look, if you need to keep it cool and you don't need to freeze, I guarantee if we talk next week, Tim, there would be some new use that popped up because it, it's just literally, we usually get that one of those a week is I never thought of using it that way before. So it's been, it's a fun ride. It's always changing. 
Well, I know you guys have an awesome blog too on your website at storecold.com, but I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember reading something last year, like a curling club or something, oh, or whatever, right. the, whatever the sport is that has those big hard stones on ice. It's or curling. Yeah. We, we actually, when we, our sales and marketing manager, Julia, Julia De Janeiro, when she saw that, she thought she was being pranked. So she was writing everyone on the staff. All right, who sent me this? Who sent me this? Who sent me this? And it was legitimately the U.S. Curling Club, who has members of the Olympic team, right, had just needed to keep their stones just above freezing for mass maximum effectiveness, much like a hockey puck, believe it or not. They keep them at a certain temperature so they don't bounce and have the right thermodynamic properties to slide on the ice. So they were like, no, we love this thing. It keep right at 33. So we use it for you. So, um, yeah, that was a good one, too. Yeah. That was a good one, too. That, talk about a market niche you could not have anticipated. Listen, if I, I've got a feeling that might be the only one we ever do, but it, it tells a great story. So we were oh, happy geez. about that. For yeah, sure. hey, hey, listen, Small Farm Nation, if you want to ice your stones, go to CoolBot. There you go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, to do it. so I, had, um, I had a guest on, um, Nikki, from um, um, Flourish Flower Farm in Asheville a few months ago, and she uses CoolBots. But she was um, talking about upgrading to a, a Wi-Fi product or something. So what's this uh, CoolBot Pro product that you have? Yeah, so the latest is the CoolBot Pro. And in that infamous study, which um, we did and came up with the turnkey coolers, what also came about, which actually Ron had been kicking around since 2006. He just said, eventually, this is going to be big. And I think, you know, much like with the CoolBot, people kind of laughed at him. And, you know, what, what do you do that's not on your phone right now. I have a son who, who cooks once in a while the other day. He was sitting on his phone. I'm like, you know, quit watching your phone, son. He's like, oh, no, I'm adjusting the my my spaghetti. He literally has a pot that's Wi-Fi interactive. So, you know, it, that's really where things are. Now everything's an app if you have access. And we, you know, picked up on that a couple years ago and our customers said, oh, I'd love to have a Wi-Fi cool bot. I, I, I might want to travel. I can't always be on the farm. I might be in Spain and I want to adjust the temperature in my wine cooler or Maybe I just want to know if the power has gone out. So hence came about the CoolBot Pro. And again, our CEO, Brian Murphy, who's a, an engineer by trade, just dove in and developed an amazing app. And uh, it's everything that CoolBot has. It just has the ability to communicate Wi-Fi. So you could be in Spain and get an alert on your cooler being off temperature or power outage. You can adjust the temperature remotely from the, uh, the web app or the phone app, which is amazing. So, and you can even get a little bit of history on temperature. Uh, someone like yourself, you want to stay at 55, you could look back over the last few weeks and say, I'm holding right at 55, or I noticed during the day it jumps up a degree. I may want to do something with that. Hmm. So it's uh, been out really in, in full force since I would say the beginning of this year. We did roll it out limited release last year, kind of a slow roll. And part of that was just to get customer feedback and make some adjustments to the uh, application and features, but also to make sure the QC was there. And it's it's actually just this last few months is exceeding 60, 65% of our sales. And at some point, it's probably going to be closer to a clear majority of our customers as, you know, the interactive community just grows everything. I mean, like who doesn't have a phone now? And we have folks even in Europe or even developing countries that are using them. So if you can get a signal, uh, it, it makes you just, makes your cooling, I think, that much more efficient. You know, we have customers log on and say, oh, I don't have any floral inventory this week, so I'm going to raise the cooler up to 55 and save energy. Uh, and then the day before the, the inventory comes in, they can get on their phone and drop it down to their 45 or 38 or whatever. So it, it's making it interactive and more intelligent. So the advantages of your cool bot, which are efficiency and you know, energy efficiency and, and just convenience are gone to a different level because now you don't have to be there. You don't have right. to be walking into the cooler, which is great. So um, it's just been awesome and folks love the app and it's free. The app is free. Initially, we were going to charge for it. And, you know, we just decided, look, that's just not who we are. I mean, we've always been the company that put customers first and um, the CoolBot the CoolBot Pro is a little bit more from a retail perspective. But if you don't have Wi-Fi now, you might down the road um, and CoolBots are pretty easy to install. You may move it and something may happen. So it's well, that certainly. sounds like a great upgrade, but what about the 60,000 people who have already bought CoolBots? Do you have any kind of incentive for them to upgrade? 
Yeah, actually, we uh, for our existing customers who have the the Gen Six or even earlier, we're doing an upgrade uh, program. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get you your Coolbot Pro and take a hundred dollars off if you send us the old one, and we'll even let you keep your sensors, which are universal. And we did that purposely as opposed to redesigning, you know, your sensors or sensors, fin sensor, temperature sensor, heat sensor, so you keep some extra parts on you for down the road. And uh, it's been a very well received program so far. Everyone's been excited about that, and you know, weather's just warming up. So we're seeing that traffic pick up. You know, we, we tend to get really busy around May, believe it or not, so when the rest of the urban um, farmers and the agricultural community come alive and, and everyone's been happy about that. And again, that was something that we wanted to do to make it appealing for customers to, you know, stay up with the latest. And if not, we'll continue to support your existing CoolBot. But if you want to step up, you also get a two-year warranty on the CoolBot Pro. So we're happy to do that as well. So there's a, you know, keep your sensors, get the latest and the greatest and they'll, you know, take your warranty out of fears. That sounds like a good deal. If I could get that with my car, I might even consider <laughs> taking that back, you know? Yeah. Right. So where are you guys doing all this? Where are you located? Are you in one place or are you in multiple facilities? Yeah. So our customer, our, our customer team and the company headquarters is still in Denver. Um, and you know, we can facilitate shipping either from there or, you know, from a couple locations, the walk-in cooler business, because it's become such a, a big component of what we do day to day and it's growing rapidly. We have two facilities that manufacture and they're basically bi-coastal. And the reason for that is, you know, you're shipping something that weighs 2000 pounds. It can be cost prohibitive to ship from Florida to California. So vice versa, we have those two facilities, one in California and one in, on the uh, on the Florida coast there. So we can pretty much get you a, a turnkey solution anywhere in the country. And again, we're, we're still headquartered in Denver. That's the brain and the hub. And when you call to hear, talk to somebody on customer service, that's who you're going to talk to. And if you need anything special, that's where all the, that's where all the great ideas come from too. That's where Brian's located. So uh, our so, CEO. So speaking of great ideas, have you guys thought about changing your name from store it cold to Coolbot, or do you actually yeah. have some other product ideas beyond Coolbot coming? No, no. I think store it cold at the time was more about the need. And I think we're, we are slowly, if not surely using the name Coolbot more. I mean, we've, you know, uh, the company itself is kind of, you know, it's really evolved to like from what was a lifestyle business for Ron, who's still on the board and involved day to day and brings a lot to the table to, you know, a real legitimate business. Um, and, and obviously with a, a great social awareness, but a business nonetheless. So I think the Coolbot, Coolbot Pro names are becoming more and more prevalent. And eventually, you know, Coolbot Pro will be the flagship product and um, we'll still support everything that our customers have. And, and eventually I, I would, if I was a betting guy, I think eventually that store it cold becomes, you know, a little less of the, of the tagline and a little more of the, you know, cool bot buy store it cold or something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody says store it cold. We all say cool. No, bot. I know. In fact, I'm starting to introduce myself as cool bot, you know, it's just the way it is. But. Oh, you're a cool bot. Okay. So yeah, cool where, bot. Where, where, do, where do we keep up with you, John, at a uh, cool bot? Yeah, so our website, which is just uh, storeitcold.com, has everything you'll need, right? There's a huge library of um, build support. Uh, there's a tab where every use that we've talked about today, you can look at other enthusiasts doing brewing or dairy or or uh, cheese or floral or, or wine or even the mortuaries, uh, meat, hunting and meat processing, and you can see other people. Social media is a great aspect, but our website is is just a plethora of information and case studies and sometimes folks don't know what they want to do and they're asking these questions we're saying hey you want to do homebrew go check out the brew tab here's the link and they come back and say okay i saw it i know what i want so once they go from there they can go to the build tab and find everything they want and they, again they can always just call us you know our customer care line and it's 888-871-5723 and the most eager and engineering uh, friendly people in the world will be happy to talk to you and answer any questions you have as well. So uh, from a support perspective, that's the place to go. And, and then again, you know, uh, smallfarmnation.com backslash coolbot, right? I mean, I think there's a special offer exclusive to your, to your network and your customers, Tim. So we'd, we'd love for them to go there, but we're always available to support. And, um, and, and that's on the phone or online. There's tons of material out there and they can always email me if they want just john at store at gold.com. I'd be happy to, to help anybody who's working with you. Yeah, and we appreciate that offer. Uh, you're right. So smallfarmnation.com slash coolbot. There's a $20 off um, discount if anybody wants that. And, you know, I'm a, I'm one of your 60,000 big fans, John. I don't know how you guys do it and create the evangelists out there, but I think the reason the way you do it is because it just works. You know, and the, the irony is it's like I used to have these big, you know, typical walk-in coolers. And 
they would just break. I mean, you know, now, now I, had, I had used products too, so that's part of it. But ever since I've gone CoolBot, my whole justification was, well, if, when it breaks, I'll just go get another air conditioner. But, they've never, but nothing's ever broken. So it keeps yeah. working. Believe it or not, uh, you, know, we, we, you know, we can't publish it, but our, we've done a few in-house studies and the air conditioners that we've tested last a little bit longer with the CoolBot. And I think the analogy from our, our you know, CEO who's an engineer and our lead engineer, Freddie Remolina, uh, as well as various universities is, you know, just consider, is it harder to run a marathon or is it easier to run a mile and then rest and then run a mile and then rest? And because the compressor time is limited with a CoolBot, although the fan's running on the air conditioner, the compressor that generates the cold air only operates in increments under the cool bot. It's only turned on when needed, where if you have an air conditioner set at 60, the compressor is constantly running. Right. So uh, a cool bot set at 35 in an eight by eight room with R25 insulation or better, probably the compressor runs 15 minutes an hour versus the full 60 to be at a higher temperature. So, you know, that's, it wasn't something that was inherently part of Ron's design, but it is a nice byproduct to elongate the life of the cool bot. And the problem with cool bots for us from a business perspective is they don't break. That's why we have to do rebates because there's, there's generation one cool bots out there right. that literally look like a VCR and folks are like, Nope, it's never gone bad. I may have replaced a heat sensor five years ago, but there's, you know, I don't have Wi-Fi and no need to upgrade, and we're happy to support that as well. So, well, um, to, to answer your question, I mean, it, it, yeah, it may be easier to run a mile and then take a break, you know, versus running a marathon. But the right answer is it's easier to sit in a chair and drink beer and eat cheese and watch somebody run, which is what I do, John. Listen, I only run when I'm chased. That's my <laughs> motto. <laughs> oh, here comes a bear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, John, this has been great. I mean, you guys are doing great stuff, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens for you guys, particularly, um, you know, internationally, because I know you got some growth going on there. But we are thrilled that you took the time to, to be on the show with us. So thanks so much for everything you're doing for Small Farm Nation. Oh, no, thank you so much. And again, everyone go to smallfarmnation.com backslash CoolBot and, and check it out. And any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And if you're not sure if the CoolBot's the right fit for you, feel free to give us a call. We actually have a list of reasons when it's when it not to use a CoolBot, but let's figure it out together. And we're happy to be a resource on any cold storage project you have. I know we've talked about a lot of things today, but I know somebody who's listening has an idea and they're thinking maybe the CoolBot would work. And Yes or no, we'd love to talk to you about it. We may, we may be on to something new. Right. So we love this stuff and are passionate. So thank you, Tim. Thank you so much, John. All right. Thank you for listening to Small Farm Nation. If your goal is to own a thriving farm business with loyal customers who gladly pay you the prices you deserve, check out smallfarmnationacademy.com. Small Farm Nation Academy includes hundreds of video and audio lessons, farm stock images, a community forum, business plan templates, and resources that will help you market and grow your farm business. Plus, you get a state-of-the-art Farm Press website free with your membership if you want one. And that includes hosting and email unlimited accounts. And get this, as a Small Farm Nation Academy, Academy member, you get personal one-to-one -one coaching from Tim free anytime you'd like. Small Farm Nation Academy is like having Tim as your own personal farm marketing and business mentor on call, but at a fraction of the cost of in-person consulting. And Small Farm Nation Academy has a full, no questions asked, seven-day money-back guarantee. So there's zero risk to you. The time to start marketing and growing your farm business is now. If you're serious about having a profitable, thriving farm business, join smallfarmnationacademy.com today. If you enjoyed this show, please share the love by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and by introducing Small Farm nation to anyone interested in farming or local food. Thanks for your support and until next time, thanks for being part of Small Farm Nation.